Hello, and welcome to the Mumcast. A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem, and discuss the similarities and the differences that they share. My name's Stevie. I've only just realised I always put an extra the. It's the similarities and differences. I always say the similarities and the differences. I'm Sam, by the way. And the score currently stands at 22-20 to Pokemon. And this time we are watching episode 43, Playing Games and the Song of Jigglypuff. across the nation this is a theme song it's not very long let's go to twitter because that's where everything always lives my eyeballs hurt that's the first bit of administration that we have second bit i've got a really bad headache and it really hurts okay that's the second bit so looking at a screen is nightmare my notes are on the screen though So first bit, Sam is sad and ill. Yes, I am both of these things. I've gone on to sleeping like a regular person and my body is not happy with it. Ah, uh, sleep. I'm getting like six hours sleep because that's the, what I normally get, which means I'm going to bed at about 10 o'clock at night. I'm waking up at four in the morning. It's fun. It's good. It's great. It's healthy. I'm like going to sleep at 2 a.m. or later unintentionally. It's because you're a filthy student. I want to sleep at a normal time. Like, the normal people but i just can't do it (laughs) like the normal people yeah like the normal people that wake up in the mornings and moan about it unlike me who wakes up in the afternoons and moans about not being able to wake up in the mornings i like sleep i like sleep a lot sleep doesn't like me though you know what we like sleep so much we're just going to stop recording and let you that's listening right now go and sleep press pause and go and have a 20 minute power nap or as i call them 20 minute power nap which falls into a six hour coma i'm really really bad i'm really bad at sleeping i love sleep but sleep thinks we should see other people and now that we're done talking about sleep let's actually do the administration (laughs) shall we do the administration now we'll start off with the things that we've had messaged at us before we go off into the random tangent like we haven't done that already before we go off into the random tangents that are actually relevant to pokemon and digimon Yes. Okay. First of all, at Codworth and O elaborated a bit more about Execute and says, Okay, look, I just went a little crazy contemplating Execute, which is a stable of Lovecraftian horror, I might add. And when you guys talked about the nature of Execute, you went a bit crazy too. Therefore, they are eldritch horrors from beyond. Either that, or Pokemon is just filled with silly, poorly thought out monster designs. Yes, I'm just weird. Also, I like the idea of a secret cosmic horror hiding in plain sight in a children's cartoon about pets. I think he needs to move on. <laughs> he needs to let the little egg Pokemon go. I tore my favourite shirt yesterday, and then I've actually got a new one today. It's really nice and pretty. Does it have Execute on it? It's got nothing to do with Execute, but I can't answer it. They're eggs! <laughs> they're an egg Pokemon. No, they're seeds. They're seeds. That look like eggs. Yeah. I just think you could invest your thoughts into so much more important things. Seeds are just plant eggs, and eggs are just mammalian or reptilian or whatever um animal based seeds i'm not wrong it's they're the same they they do the same thing seeds are like oval shapes usually oval shapes that create a new one of the thing that it made it and eggs are oval shaped things that create one of the what it was that made it they're the same thing but one's a plant one one's an animal based one mm-hmm. i'm so glad you're like mm-hmm. yeah you're, you're done with this you're done with this now and you're like this, you're hanging on by a thread it's two episodes ago now i think we've spoken about execute enough <laughs> there isn't really much else to say even though we know he's going to come up again in the film thing one of pikachu's specials so it's fine we're gonna have to deal with them again yeah that's okay. Bring it on. I'm gonna have messages from Connor again, just being like, they're Lovecraftian. Look at these eldritch beings unearthing their way out of the subconscious of the creator and becoming little reminders that there are things in this world we cannot just explain or describe or understand. I don't know enough about Lovecraft to be able to say anything of actual relevance. Very descriptive horror and also very racist. Mm. Oh yeah, he was a massive racist. Super fun. That's not good. It was from a different time, though, as is the excuse we use for my 
elderly relatives. It doesn't mean that they're not wrong. Oh yeah, he was wrong, but he was also born in like early 19th century, I think it is. But still, racism is bad. Yes, it is. Last tweet from McConnell with an O. I suppose I must have over-exaggerated. I took the yoke a bit too far. I bet it seemed like I had totally cracked. Ah, <laughs> egg puns. To be fair, they were egg- expected. Then we've got a couple tweets from people replying to me when I tweeted that I got Pokemon Moon a day early. Okay. That, that's it. They didn't really say anything important, unfortunately. But I got Pokemon Moon a day early. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of jelly. Except I've still not played it, so it doesn't matter at all. Ha! I have played it a lot. I got Sun, by the way, and it's really good, and I enjoyed it. It's a bit different from the original formula of the or the formula of the other Pokemon games. It's kind of cool. It does stuff. I have a Marowak, which is cool. Of course you have a Marowak. Of course I have a Marowak. My team's pretty cool, but I'll I'll talk about that after the other tweets we've got. Next, I made a thing that Lost in Translation Man shared. Yeah, you did. You, you did some drawings. I made them animate a little bit. You made them move a little bit. Like the mouths open a little bit. It's super cute. I think it looks really cute. I basically did an animation comic strip thing or what lost in translation one and it came out all right i enjoyed making it i don't know if i'll do any more because it takes a while and i don't think that really the best thing ever <laughs> but it was fun and everyone seemed to like it so that's all that really matters you should all rate yourselves based on the approval of others or do what i do and just not give a <laughs> i simultaneously do both those things i portray myself as not giving a but simultaneously i'm thinking please love me <laughs> I'm a flawed human being, just like everyone else. Anyway. <laughs> what is this episode that we're doing? What What's happened? I'm just getting existential. And now we have some questions from people. At Ancient Irisman asks, What Sun and Moon starter did you choose? And also, why is Scyther the best Pokemon? Well, first question, I'll let you know. Because I've not played it yet. And I can't play it till I finish my Pokemon Yellow Nuzlocke. Because otherwise, I'll never finish my Nuzlocke. And I'm so close. I started with Litten because cats are amazing. I was going to get Rowlet but I decided not to. But it doesn't really matter because the first opportunity I could get a ground type, which was Diglett, I caught a Diglett and then it's now a Dugtrio and they're called the Pretty Boys because they all have really awesome hair. I've seen a Lolan Dugtrio. Yeah, it's fabulous. It's just Dugtrio with hair. Yeah, my team consists of basically the Pokemon that I would have had in Gen 1, which are ground types because ground types are my thing. But not all of them are ground types now. So I've got a Marowak, which is not a ground type. Golem. Don't you have to trade to get that? Yes. Who did you trade with? My partner, who has Moon. Sandslash and Dugtrio, I just said. Yeah, so I have those. And then I also have like, because that's four, I have two places which change a lot depending on what thing i'm fighting i have my starter but i don't really use it it stays in my box a lot i didn't really like Litten's evolved form once i saw it it's okay to be honest all of the evolved like final evolved forms even though i originally liked rowlet and Litten, probably most of the basics once they get up to stage two it's only populio's last form that i still like i kind of like rowlet and Litten, and then Litten's second stage after that i'm not bothered Litten's stage two or whatever it is is just weird it's a buff cat i know but it's weird it's fine i don't really use it anyway so goes from like cute cat to more realistic cat to humanoid cat wrestler thing obviously it's pokemon what to expect i don't know who i'm going to pick yet it'll be probably between rowlet and poplio Rowlet's adorable, so... Yeah, but I'm also not sure if I'm going to try and do a Nuzlocke run or not yet. I wouldn't. I'd enjoy the story. The story is really good. Yeah, well, a Nuzlocke run, you still get the story. It's just you don't really pick the Pokemon yourself. You sort of get them at random, and then you grow to love them, and then they die in tragic accidents, and you get really sad. Rip in peace, Chris. Your Hitmonlee. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the Nuzlocke after. People need to know about your Nuzlocke and, and the death of Chris. Yeah, so I started with Litten, and then... In response to May's second question, uh, Scythe is the best because it evolves into Caesar, who is a pretty cool Pokemon, which then Mega evolves into Mega Caesar because Mega Evolution was the thing that they did for one game. Two games. A Mega Caesar has clamps, and it will clamp you. Clamps is from Futurama. Yes, it is. I got that reference. Yes, you did. My brain stretched and managed to reach it. You managed to clamp it. Yes, yes it did. Okay, so that's why Scythe is the best Pokemon. Also, it's green. Green's a good colour. It is. And red's not bad either. I got it, but I didn't want to respond to it. 
Seriously, what? Green and red. The Pokemon trainers from red and blue. Well, the originals were red and green. That wasn't... Was that not the joke? No, I was just... I was simply stating a fact. Fine. Well, I was stating opinion as fact. This is the best administration. This is the best. I love administration. Cares if we're off topic. Let's just talk about it anyway. You can kind of tell when we haven't had like half an hour of talking beforehand because during the recording it gets a bit messy. Next bit from at Drew Southman says, What is your favourite Pokemon? Well, yours is Cubone. Yes, yes, yes. I was about to say what my favourite one from the, the new game would be, but it's it's Marowak, so... It's Club has fire on the ends. It's the best. <laughs> and my favourite Pokemon is Kabutops, because it's Gen 1, which is when I discovered Pokemon, mainly through the trading card game. And I just really like its design a lot. It's so cool and sleek and it just looks like it's designed to behead everything it looks a lot like scyther eh, a little bit we've got the scythe scythe things yeah but kabutops is cooler yeah but you can't hug a kabutops we well, could probably hug a kabutops once you can hug a kabutops but a kabutops can't hug you scyther can't hug you either well they can they can only do it once though i'm not rating pokemon based on how huggable they are this is just my personal favorite you haven't got the best way of of, of categorizing pokemon then Everyone has different priorities. Some people prioritise hugging their Pokemon. Yes. Some people prioritise training them. If I had a Pokedex, it would go in, in order of huggability. Some people prioritise sending them away to have babies. No. <laughs> I forgot about Butterfree. Oh, how, how would I choose between Cabutops and Butterfree? I love them both so much. I'm going to stick with Cabutops just because I have one in my team right now. From like about literally about 10 minutes ago it evolved i'm playing the, i'm going to be playing my nuzlocke for the entire time just grinding the entire time we're recording i will be leveling up my pokes okay that's super professional of you well it takes like a tiny amount of processing power from me what i'm getting from this is that i need to talk a lot more than you do today no i'm gonna talk plenty i mean all that i'm doing is pushing buttons every so often on the 3ds slash game boy color because virtual console any more tweets? Uh, Ancient Iris one said that their favourite was Tyranitar, which we know because Tyranitar is also the best. <laughs> Coincidentally, also one of my favourites. Because it's ground type. No, it's not. It's rock and dark. It looks like a ground type. It's from my original team, though. My original team had Caesar and Tyranitar in it, so... Oh, that's cool. All the Pokemon in my team right now are probably going to grow on me. I can't wait till they release the second generation of Pokemon Go because then it will have essentially my favourite lineup of non-ground types. Most of my favourites and the ones that I use are from Gen 1 and Gen 2 because that's the game. those are the games that came out when I was about 10. Most of my favourites are Gen 1 and Gen 4. Gen 4 was the first one I played though, so that's why I really like Empoleon because that was my first level 100 Pokemon ever. Just trounced the Elite Four a million times. My favourite Pokemon from that generation was probably Torterra because it's a giant turtle with a tree and a mountain on its back. Also a ground type. There's a pattern, by the way. Okay, so... Shall we move on? Shall we get through this administration slowly but surely? So do you want to talk about Moon and Sun, or should I talk about my Nuzlocke first? Do we have to talk about them? Yes, because I want to talk about the Nuzlocke. If you want, you can hold off on talking about Sun and Moon until I've played it as well. I'll give a brief review of it. It's really good that this... Um, good is, is a bad review word that was a bad review of the word good <laughs> it was they've done some interesting things with this one it's not really a spoiler but they've taken out hms and they've replaced it with essentially a dial a ride service which is actually pretty good because that means you don't have to have hm slaves in your team now which is something that's always bothered me the map itself's quite interesting it varies a fair amount battling's pretty cute the new pokemon are kind of a bit weird but they've got that weird newness to them that they lose slowly but surely but there's a lot of bugs and a lot of water types but that's fine i kind of like a lot of bug types i think one of my favorite pokemon from this new from the new game is one called pukamuku and it's a sea cucumber they have the weirdest names because it's all hawaiian are you saying that hawaiian people are weird no i'm just saying that it's not as easy to pronounce as previous generations in general well get good scrub lord okay Pukamuku is called that because it's a sea cucumber and it's it's like a little black oval shape almost and then it's got like a couple of they're like spikes on it on top of it but they're not spikes they're rounded and then it's got like two little eyes it's got a tiny little like asterisk mouth and the way it attacks is it vomits its insides out and turns it into a fist and I love it so much it's this tiny little vomit blob and I call it Barfy 
It's adorable. Because it just vomits a fist. And then also Marowak, like Alola Marowak is amazing. And I was so happy when I saw it. Because I was hoping Marowak would have got a Mega Evolution, but it didn't. So yeah, it's it's gone from a ground type to a fire and ghost. And it's pretty cool. It looks really cool. And it is just pretty neato. It's got so many more resistances now. It's got a few more weaknesses, but it's got a lot of resistances and a couple of immunities, which is quite good. I'm rambling about sun uh, i've almost finished it as well I've, I've kind of little old sam here is super having a really weird week i'm kind of a little bit depressed so i've spent most of my day on my sofa or in my bed curling up hiding away from the world and then going out and seeing people for like two hours and then spending six hours recovering from it because socially awkward but yeah i've basically lived on sun for a few days fun i highly recommend it they do some really cool things like uh the first time you fight a pokemon it won't tell you what attacks are good or not but the second time you fight it, you've basically got the information about it. So it will tell you, you know, this attack's super effective, this attack isn't as effective. I like that. That sounds good. Especially because we won't know what the new Pokemon's types are. It's really helpful. So at least you get the challenge the first time round, but then after that, you kind of get given hints, which is nice because I don't want to have to remember another hundred different types. I remember in Gen 4, they had the Pokeyatch, which just had an app on it for checking, like, what types were effective against different things but you couldn't use it in battle which kind of sucked i remember that the pokeyatch was cool i want one of those you could talk about your nuzlocke now my nuzlocke that's going super well now okay so in the past few days i've made it past the seventh and the eighth gyms volmi the nido queen just went straight through the fire gym really easily despite being like 15 levels below <laughs> the gym leader's best pokemon that's quite impressive yeah it's like level 39 Volmy the Nidder Queen defeated a level 54 Arcanine because I taught it Earthquake, so it's just really good. And then I went on to Giovanni, who has ground Pokemon. No one else in the gym has ground Pokemon for some reason. I found that odd, but I made it through just fine because Darren the Hypno is the best. It's currently level 60. Anyway, I went into the battle with Giovanni using Chris the Hitmonlee, who had grinded a little to get up to like 48 or so. I was rooting for Chris. I was excited for Chris. Chris sounds amazing. Yeah, Chris was great. I thought he was prepared. And then Giovanni's Dug Trio used Dig. So I had a turn to try and get rid of him and I chose not to. So I didn't switch out Chris. And then the Dig was a critical hit and it just killed Chris outright. So no more Chris. And that was, that shocked me. It wasn't a happy time. So I sent out Darren the Hypno who then just killed all of Giovanni's Pokemon <laughs> really easily. So Chris was avenged. I'm gutted that I lost Chris. I'm gutted you lost Chris. It was Chris the Hitmonlee, and the second I found out there's a Hitmon Hitmonlee called Chris, I fed in love, and now Chris is gone. Yeah, I called him Chris because of Christopher Lee, and then Chris died, which was sad. This episode of the Moncast is dedicated to Chris the Hitmonlee. Yes, it is. I'm sorry your trainer was so sucky. It's not my fault. It's Giovanni's fault. And at this point, I've got through Victory Road, and I'm just before the Elite Four, and I'm training all of my Pokemon up to roughly level... 55 i think should be good enough so i'll have level 55 across the board before i go in and then i should be fine i will list what my team currently consists of it currently has darren the hypno who is already level 60 and is just the best and has carried me throughout most of this nuzlocke like ever since i got it then there is kite the kabutops who's called kite because of a character from hunt hunter who has a scythe as one of his nen powers oh yeah and darren was called darren because of darren brown and if you don't know what darren brown is he's like some i don't know psychologist slash magician put together he does lots of mind tricks and he's really cool and his tv specials are awesome then there is volmi the nido queen who i've had like since one of the very first routes. It's been with me for ages now and it's really good. I hope they don't die. I hope none of these Pokemon die when I go against the Elite Four. Then there is Vaporeon the Jolteon, who was an Eevee and I evolved Jolteon and called Vaporeon because I find that funny. <laughs> it just abuses me. Then there is Pointa the Ponyta. I literally just swapped around two letters as my naming process. It's not evolved yet, but it will evolve to Rapidash before I go against the Elite Four. The last Pokemon is Daru the Snorlax, whose name's Daru after the hacker character from Steinsgate, who is a large man. And that's my team, and I'm training them all up, and then I'll go against the Elite Four and win. Hopefully without any casualties, because I don't want them to die. And then I will move on to Pokemon Moon, and possibly do another Nuzlocke, because it's actually quite fun nicknaming the Pokemon and trying to not let them die. What are we doing right now? You've made it vehemently clear on several occasions that we do not do news and we've just basically given everybody news about sun and moon and 
Pokemon Yellow. Well, it's my Nuzlocke. It's personal to me and it's important. This administration has devolved into a mess. An absolute mess. I think administration has evolved beyond just being messages that we've had. It's now also just whatever the hell we want to talk about. Just diatrite for half an hour, apparently. If enough people complain, we'll move it to the end of the episode. We've got one complaint at the moment. Well, that's you. You don't count. We're not moving administration. We're having it at the front. It's the most important segment. You need to hear us ramble on about the latest Pokemon game and the deaths in my Nuzlocke's. And also the successes, because Darren is seriously awesome and I love Hypnos now. I do like Hitmonlee's as well, so it's sad that my Hitmonlee died. Can we get to the episodes, please? <laughs> I've tried to be strict with myself, so I've actually been releasing the Pokemon when they die, so it actually hurts. So Chris is actually gone now and is never coming back. I'm so unhappy for for no reason. There's no reason why I should be unhappy, but my brain's... F- it's because Chris died. <laughs> my brain has found reasons to be unhappy. Chris was brutally murdered by a dog trio. <laughs> and we're doing this. Isn't it fun, though? People listen to this. I'm sorry that this is what's happening. Oh, I'm going to have fun editing this administration. I am giving it a thorough listen to before I upload the episode tomorrow. (laughs) I will cut out the bits that are not important. And then administration will be about five minutes long. You can't be bothered doing that. (laughs) Haha, you're right. Okay, I think I'm ready to finally move on. Okay. I've gushed about Chris enough and Darren and Volmy. I like Volmy and Kai. Have you genuinely released him? Yeah, Chris is gone. Oh, I was going to say I was going to trade you Chris. I want Chris on the team. Well, he died. Could have moved it up to Pokemon Moon and I would have traded you something for it. Just get your own Hitmonlee and call it Chris. No, it's not the same. It wouldn't be the Chris, would it? It'd be substitute. If the Chris hadn't died, I wouldn't trade him to you anyway because he'd be mine. He's my Chris. My Chris is gone now. I'll just like get a Hitmonlee and and call it Chris, and like we'll be just, like it'll be trying so hard to impress me, and then like I'll be, like it'll win a battle, and I'm like it's not the same. <laughs> you can't replace Chris. You're not the real Chris. I probably will use Pokemon Bank to move up my Pokemon when they eventually add that functionality. Yeah, I can't even move any up to Sun and Moon yet. Well, I'm assuming that I'm actually going to beat the Elite Four. I don't think you will. I think you're going to lose. No, I'm going to try my very best to not lose. I mean, I'm going to be grinding my Pokemon over a few levels while we're recording today, so... Kite have already got up, like, 12 levels. I can already tell you that you might struggle against the first one. Uh, the second one, you'll be A-OK. Quite a few of them will be A-OK with, because Darren is the best. third one, you'll kill fourth one you might have some difficulty i will make it through this and then i will play pokemon moon at last it's been sitting in my 3ds for four days yeah pretty much four days but i need to finish this first because otherwise i may never do it and i want to finish in nuzlocke because i've not done it yet i've still not played alpha sapphire (laughs) you've still not started this bloody episode yet either we've started this counts okay fine the first episode we are watching this time is playing games. The kids quickly defeat Metal Seedramon and Waymon falls in the crossfire. They then head off to the next area and are confronted by Puppetmon, who uses tricks and traps to torrent the kids. He ends up kidnapping TK to force him to be his friend. In doing so, TK learns to stand up for himself and even insults Puppetmon for not having any real friends. As Puppetmon goes off to make himself a friend, TK runs away after destroying all of Puppetmon's traps. Seeing TK act more mature and self-confident, Max slinks off to be a complete emo and have a tragic personal despair arc, like the whiny little baby that he is. Waymon gets shot and then Metal Seedramon gets destroyed in like 30 seconds. It is a really quick fight. It's really anticlimactic. I mean, Waymon just gets absolutely destroyed. That shocked me and then it was just like, I was still recovering. As Metal Seedramon was being torn apart from the inside. And then they all make puns at Metal Seedramon's corpse. It happens really quick and it doesn't... It, I feel like it didn't need to have happened like that. It could, they could have easily finished it off at the end of the last episode. But for some reason they just wanted extra tension. Yeah, it's just really quickly. Waymon dead. Metal Seedramon dead. They could have at least had, you know, maybe a couple of minutes of epic battle time. Instead of title screen, one death to death now for the next thing now for the puns they probably spend longer making puns as corpse than he does actually being alive during the battle like it's not just one pun it's at least two not just one at least two puns war graymon and 
Kabuterimon take turns. Just, I feel kind of sorry for Metal Seedramon now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel sorry for him. He's poorly animated. Sometimes. In the water, he's okay. So they go to the next area. First of all, Mimi tries to show signs of having a natural personality beyond shopping. It doesn't really make sense because they've not really gone to the next area, I suppose. They're on the beach, but then the sea starts to dissolve around them. Because Metal Sudramon's dead, his sector just dissolves, I guess. And turns into the void. Pretty much. It's just blackness and it's really weird i'm guessing that would come back once they've solved everything i think that's what happens you'd hope otherwise you know they're just making it worse she's like yeah we did it why isn't the digital world reappearing (laughs) no everything's dead we've broke it all they'll just have to turn it off and on again computer jokes try jokes yeah so ties all up for leaving and going elsewhere and mimi's just making graves for all the digimon that they've lost which is really nice because all the dead digimon did dobbies all of them have done a dobby. They all died to save the kids. They're in a world full of danger and they've barely just escaped a battle with their lives. And the first thing that she wants to do is make graves for them and pay thanks. And I'm like, Mimi's a fool, but she's like the best fool. Like when she's not being a ditz, she's actually a really nice person, which is really good. Like the first thing she wanted to do when they're, when they're finally out of danger is just make some graves and pay respects to the people and say thanks to the people who were basically saved their lives because... They wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Waymon or Pixiemon. Or Chumon. Chumon blocked the knife that was going to kill Mimi. Actually, yeah, so he straight up saved Mimi's life. He did a Dobby. He did a Dobby. They all did Dobbies before Dobbying was a thing that I made up. But then Ty goes off on one at Mimi saying that, yes, it's bad that things have happened, but this is war and, you know, you kind of have to... I've got the words. What did he say? He says... Suck it up, basically. He's basically a jerk. Yeah, he basically says that they don't really have time. Like, it's war and some people die and we have to deal with it. Which is kind of true, but also, like, they're not in immediate danger anymore. So, they should have had a little bit of time. But yeah, she, uh, Mimi, starts basically having a breakdown. And this is about the third time we've seen her have a breakdown. We've seen her once in the labyrinth, where she basically gets overwhelmed by what's happening and runs away. We see her... In the Gekkomon castle, she has a breakdown because she's found somewhere that's potentially a safe haven for her. And then we've seen her now because she has she's made friends in the digital world and these friends have all died for her. And she all she wants to do is to say thanks and then Ty's calling her out for it and, and saying that they've just got to get on with it and move on. So, you know, I've, I've got a lot of respect for Mimi for, for deciding to do this. It, it, it makes me happy. Like, Mimi's my favourite character, probably, out of this watch through why because she has nice moments and she seems she's had one several nice moments like name another nice moment when she has a little breakdown that's not a nice moment that's just plot (laughs) but they're understandable breakdowns they're not nice moments this is the first time where she's had a character just for real maybe I, i like mimi okay you can't take that away from me fine you can like mimi even though she's probably the worst of the worst although i've recently came to the realization that they're all the worst of the worst in one way or another apart from tk matt yeah matt is the worst because he never looks at anyone while he's talking at them he's always posing side on ty's the worst because he tries to be the leader but he sucks at it izzy's the worst because he's supposed to be smart and then he has theories about aliens and doesn't actually get to lead the group even though he's a smart one that knows what's going on then there's sora who is just a background character basically then there's joe who whines all the time and makes bad jokes and then there's mimi who just makes bad jokes and then there's tk who's a kid so he's usually ignored but then when he comes to the limelight he's actually really good and really interesting so tk's good but everyone else sucks and kari oh kari just is sora but tk version tk sized sora pocket sora yeah pocket sora just more plot device. I came to this realisation while watching the first four episodes again with my housemates recently. And all of the characters are just the worst. <laughs> but at least they get better. Uh, Sora's okay. For a girl. Matt is just too cool. That is his entire problem. Izzy should have gone to computer camp. Why is he throwing everybody shade? Joe would probably wet his pants. Mimi, you can guess her favourite colour on the first try. And there's TK, Matt's dopey little brother. I've not watched the first episode a million times in my life. So... Matt says Ty's right, but it's like, so why are you getting angry at him and shouting at him? And it's because they need to add this dumb little arc to him that he needs to have this little personal crisis. Yeah, he's way too confrontational. For no reason. No reason whatsoever. 
but they move on and do the next thing and people are having internal dialogues well internal thoughts and joe thinks that everyone's thinking about him and he's like joe is just just a typical symptom of anxiety like he's not narcissistic he's not thinking oh i bet everyone's thinking about me because i'm the best he's like oh god i think everyone's thinking about me because i'm really bad at this i have no idea what i'm doing so joe's also cool i can relate to joe i can also relate to joe and then the floor starts moving around with them on it like a conveyor belt and we see that it's puppet mon using a remote control before this is the really important part where kari falls behind because she heard a noise and then she catches up again and it doesn't matter that happened yep that happened oh did you forget about that bit i forgot about that bit kari just heard a noise it sounded like a voice so she stopped walking and then Gatama was like, Kari, why did you stop walking? Then Kari was like, I thought I heard a voice. They are just like, oh, you better catch up. And then they caught up. And that was it. Riveting. I don't know what the point of that whole exchange actually was. Because they then just show Puppet Mom looking at a camera anyway. It's not like foreshadowing or anything. It's just pointless. Yeah, I think Puppet Mom's really interesting. Because he just has probably the, the best powers. He can manipulate the world with a remote control. Because why not? And he has these little doll versions of the kids. And if he moves them around, they teleport. That's pretty cool. He could probably pick them off one at a time really easily if he wanted to. But he just doesn't. He just wants to toy with the kids. He's playing games because that's what the episode's called. Like if he was like 20% more serious, he would have used those toys and just killed the kids straight away. But because he wants to hang out with them, especially TK, he wants to be his friend because he's a sad little lonely puppet. It's cool. He's sort of similar to Piedmon in that he has other motives beyond just wanting to win. He wants to have fun. He wants to have friends. Well, not really. He wants to just play with people. Anyway, so they all escape from his moving platform thing by climbing up a tree to hide. So Puppetmon then starts using the magical dolls to teleport them all over the place. And this goes on for a while, for some reason. <laughs> I think one thing that I would have changed in this episode to raise the stakes a little bit more would have been so that Puppetmon moves their kids around, but then like he picks up all of the dolls except for TK and doesn't put them back down and the kids are just in limbo. That'd be pretty cool. He'd have to carry around the puppets the entire episode then. Maybe, or he could put them in like a small toy cage and he could say that it's a little prison space that doesn't really exist and that's where he's keeping them. And then TK goes and be friends with him just to get the kids back. I didn't really have any problems with the plot as it was. Oh no, it was alright. I, I, I quite like this episode. I mean, the stakes are still pretty high with TK being kidnapped. Being kidnapped and Puppetmon had a gun. Did you see the gun? Well, you don't see the gun in the dub. Yeah, in the dub. It's not in the dub. You watch the weird version. This wasn't wasn't the weird version. This was a regular version. No, this is the weird version because he definitely doesn't have a gun because I watched the DVDs. Definitely had like a pistol. He never shot it, but he had it. And then he didn't have the rifle, I think it is. That he would have had. Or machine gun. I think it's a machine gun. They edited out the gun. <laughs> they wouldn't miss points where he had the gun. Because they wouldn't be able to air the episode then. Yeah, he had a pistol at one point, And then he had the bigger gun. Fine. You might hear noise. It's while I turn on my PS4 to check the official DVDs. Just so I can tell you that he does not have a gun in the dub. But I'm watching the dub and he has got the gun. Except this isn't an official version of the dub. Okay. Oh, 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 I'm watching it. It's the exact same shot and there is no gun. Really? There is no gun. It is confirmed. Hmm. Okay, that's weird. The online versions aren't reliable. Official DVDs are. I have the better, more reliable source of information. So, I win. Fine. Fine. You, you win the, the whole game. Well done. You win Digimon. Puppetmon has no gun in the dub. <sighs> Okay, fine. I was wrong. There was no gun there. Thank you. But in the weird version I'm watching, it was there. But the thing that I did also discover is that in the recap, Matt says digis. The digis. They like to use that word. Something like Metal Sujimon defeated our digis. And I, I've never heard them referred to as digis before. I can't think of it. So I hate Matt more now. The tiniest bit more. That was worth the effort of putting on my PS4. It was. But back to the story. Honestly, there's so many tangents in this one. Yeah, so Puppetmon steals TK and the, the other kids basically get distracted by fighting a Kiwimon. I love Kiwimon. Which is a bit weird because Kiwimon's a rookie level. No, champion. Champion? Okay. It's still weird. Yeah, I don't know how it took them that long to fight a bird. A small flightless bird. 
Gentleman has a sick burn. He does? And she's like, although he's a bird-type Digimon, his wings have degenerated so he can't fly. She's like, oh, you suck as a bird. <laughs> You're a failure of a bird, Kiwi-man. So, Puppetmon approaches TK and Matt and just wraps up Matt in some sort of red bandaged things to imprison him, I guess. And then takes TK away in exchange for not killing Matt. So he can play with TK. And they're going to play a game of war, which turns into hide and seek and destroy when they get back for some reason. So TK is told to go and hide. He does that for a little bit. And some goons that work for Puppetmon just give him away. So he basically loses this game pretty quickly. So TK thinks on his feet and manages to outsmart Puppetmon by basically saying that he's not having any fun playing these games and that Puppetmon's really boring. By basically sassing him. She's like, oh, Puppet Man, your games suck. <laughs> you have no friends. Just sassing a Dark Master. And Puppet Man, because he's quite childlike, is just kind of like, oh, that's not nice. I have friends. And basically lies and tries to say that he has friends. So he goes off to make some. <laughs> goes off to make friends? Yeah. Like, literally make friends. He makes them out of just bits and bobs. It's a little nightmare friend. Like, it's got a... a- like an American football as a as a head and some weird bits stuck on for ears and eyes and it's really weird. Oh, Digi friends! <laughs> Yay, Digi friends! But um, as Puppetmon's building his friend, TK has smashed the remote, tore up the map, and stolen the little doll versions of the of the other kids. And reunited with Patamon, who found his way to the mansion just by chance. Like Patamon just flew up outside and was like. Maybe there are people in there that have seen TK. Not TK. People that have seen TK. Stop. Maybe TK's in there. No, no, no. Maybe there are people who know where TK is. They've not really encountered that many friendly Digimon. And they've definitely not encountered any people. Forgot to mention, did you notice earlier on, Matt tries to Digivolve Gabimon and it fails? Well, it's not earlier on. It's like after TK's done the thing, tearing everything apart doesn't. They all get like sent back together by the weird moving roads of the forest. Or is it before? I I don't know when. Somehow they all get reunited, probably by TK messing stuff up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it just doesn't work. It makes a weird, like a failing powered up noise. And Matt's are like, oh no, it's not working. Because friendship, because I need to have an arc now. Because Matt is a terrible friend. I mean, some of the points he makes are valid, but he doesn't have to be so angry all the time. He's just inconsiderate of everyone else's feelings. Even when he's trying to be considerate, like when he's defending Mimi having feelings, he's then just really aggressive towards Ty. And it does seem to come out of the blue in this episode. Or when he's trying to protect TK, he just ignores everyone else's safety in the group. He's pretty selfish. That's not really friendship then, is it? It's it's brotherliness, siblingglory. Siblingship. Yeah. That's a word that I made up. So then... TK comes back to the gang. But the gang have to beat Kiwimon first. Okay. Kiwimon has the greatest laugh. He has an upper-class evil villain laugh. <laughs> that? That's pretty much it. And he does that as he dies, which is hilarious. He'll die laughing. Yep, so Kiwimon gets defeated. TK comes back, gives all the kids their little dolls. Oh, wait, no. And then oh there's a bit God. more. And then Matt gets angry at Sora for letting... Beomon defeat Kiwimon because Kiwimon was the only way they were going to find TK. Oh yeah. Matt doesn't care that they were all really in danger. Even though they really weren't. They would be in danger if Matt had beaten in charge and said no, no attacking the Kiwimon. <laughs> Matt fights with a lot of people and then TK comes back. He gives them the dolls and then he's telling them how he outsmarted Puppetmon and Matt's upset by TK being older and more mature now. And decides to slink away. That's how the episode ends. Matt walks off. And then Joe's just like, oh yeah, he was just over there. And then he's not there. And then the narrator tries to make a cliffhanger like, have the Dark Masters got Matt? No, he just walked off because he's a Nemo. Do you know who the narrator was? It was Andromon. What? Yeah, the narrator's voice was Andromon in this episode for some reason. I'll come back to you, Kay, if you want me to. But yeah, big cliffhanger. Has Matt been kidnapped by the Dark Masters? <gasps> no. No. He's gone off to brood. Yeah. A lot. And Puppetmon's really angry at TK for backstabbing him. And now basically has a vendetta against TK, I guess. Okay, so what was your favourite thing? Kiwimon's laugh. Okay. <laughs> He's so amusing. He's an upper class villain. <laughs> He's a failure of a bird. My favourite thing was probably TK. Yeah, TK was good. 
we kind of see how he's changed in this episode like he's confident enough with himself to stand up against the dark master even to the point of giving him sass which is pretty cool of him it's a shame that it's eclipsed with matt being a miserable moody person for no reason miserable moody matt overall thoughts it was definitely good the jokes kind of killed it i like the the mechanics of the world being able to be moved and i like the idea of Pokemon having these dolls of the kids which he can move around to teleport the kids it would have been pretty cool to see him use that a bit more but that's okay i like it there wasn't really a fight in this episode and the one that there was which was the one against kiwi one was basically just a way of stalling the kids but you know it did it did, did its job it gave, it gave us an opportunity to focus on tk and the only thing i don't really like about it is how it's shadowed by matt starting to be aggressive and angry at everybody like he couldn't even said oh well done tk you've really grown up and matured Instead, he's just like, oh, TK doesn't need me anymore because he's no longer afraid of things. Would you rather your brother be absolutely terrified of everything? Surely you want him to get over his fears of evil puppet that wants to murder him. And they also compress the end of Metal Sudramon's arc into like a 30 second fight sequence at the start of the episode. Which is really jarring. Yeah, it's just done. It's just not satisfying. It felt too easy. It would have done better if they'd added it in the last episode and paced the episode out a bit more yeah like they had the entire fight sequence basically last episode and then in this one they had the end well the last episode was mostly them just underwater swimming away they could they they could have easily have made it less traveling across the ocean and more fighting but they had to travel 200 miles sam that's a long way the second episode we're watching is the song of jigglypuff there is a jigglypuff it sings but its song makes whoever listens doze off which makes jigglypuff mad ash and co try to find anybody that can stay awake and listen all the way through this happens a few times then the episode ends and that's it i could go into more detail about team rocket and things but do i really need to you don't need to you basically got the premise it starts out with the gang in a desert which is really weird i know it's so digimon (laughs) yeah but they immediately go to a city so why not just start off with them in the city it makes no sense like they would have had to pay someone to animate them walking through that desert for them to immediately go to the city like it doesn't help them in the plot it doesn't do anything story-wise just they start off in a desert 10 seconds later they're in the city and the city's called Neon Town, and it's essentially Pokemon Las Vegas. Well, this is actually just Las Vegas, because we know it exists. No, they would have mentioned it, but it's called Neon Town, this is. And everybody is super angry because they don't sleep, which is weird. Yeah, it's kind of odd that no one sleeps. I mean, that would be odd in real life as well. So everybody's super angry because they don't sleep, and Officer Jenny basically tells the kids to go find a place to sleep and stay there for the night. And then they're not allowed to be out at night, but also nothing closes at night so it doesn't really make sense and for some reason it's the police's job to run around and break up petty fights between people that bump into each other because they're tired and not watching where they're going she's still breaking up fights in the morning which tells me that she's worked the entire night and if there's like one jenny per town does that mean that she never gets to sleep because the city never stops because it never closes down probably the city that never sleeps so the gang leave and now they're in a forest because they're in a forest i wish they were in a desert well they were in a desert at the start but for some reason they had to like it just doesn't make any sense why there's these three different places in this episode and they could have essentially had the the one place which is worse digimon walking through the desert or pokemon and walking through the forest pokemon because it's always a forest but they had the desert for 10 seconds yeah but they didn't do anything it's always the forest or a city it's always a desert or a city in digimon you could cut out like 20 seconds of the the first 20 seconds of this episode and start with them in the city and you have lost absolutely nothing for the plot but you wouldn't know about the desert but it never comes back I don't think it really matters. It doesn't. But Digimon does have more variety, even though it does have more walking through deserts. At least in the desert, there was a giant boat that sailed across the desert with a chicken that was being a person and also Numemon. And also vending machines. But in the forest, they find Jigglypuff. Yeah, in the forest, they find a Jigglypuff. And it's a Jigglypuff, and Jigglypuffs are the best. Misty decides to assault the Jigglypuff because she wants it. Pretty much. That's how capturing Pokemon works. (laughs) But... She finds out that Jigglypuff can't sing, and then she's like, oh, who wants a Jigglypuff who can't sing? I'm like, whoa! You've literally just said that you've always wanted to catch a Jigglypuff, and you think they're really cute, but now you find out this one's got a disability, essentially. And you're like, 
No, this one's broken. I don't want it. So mean. Is Misty ableist? Maybe. I think that's what the word means. But Team Rocket basically hear that there's a Jigglypuff. And they decide there and then that they're going to take the Jigglypuff and make it put the town to sleep so they can steal all the Pokemon. Like, that's not their plan. What were they doing? They're just here. Like, they're, they're just following this kid and then they see every opportunity to just steal the Pokemon. It's just so weird. Like, if Team Rocket went off and did their own thing, they'd probably succeed in most of their endeavours. It's just because they've got... Ash has got a case of main character syndrome where everything goes right for him. That's the only reason that they fail. But even then, they don't really fail. Sometimes, most, a lot of the time, actually, they they tend to help. I think at this point, we just have to accept that Team Rocket is going to follow Ash and Co to the ends of the Earth, supposedly trying to capture Pikachu, but not really. Team Rocket introduced themselves, and they have a song now. <laughs> I'm gonna sing a song, a song to wake you up. I think it's only marginally better than that one. Although, there's a shot during this song, and it's them pulling this weird cartoon face, and you need to find it. It's the best. I saw it. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Yes. They've got, like, really round faces. It's just the best, and it doesn't make any sense as to why it's there, but there it is. So Ash sends out Bulbasaur because generic starter Pokemon. There needs to be a battle of this episode, so we can do this. Did they actually fight? Uh, I cannot remember. And I watched it about a couple hours ago. I can't remember if Bulbasaur actually did anything. What actually happened after Team Rocket jumped out and sang the song? I don't know. I can't remember. And I don't know why I can't remember. But I've, don't, I've got no note on what happened to them. Jigglypuff didn't sing because it can't sing yet. But I can't remember Bulbasaur attacking. Team Rocket got dispatched somehow. Something happened to them. Something happened to Team Rocket. Did Misty do something? Maybe. Team Rocket happened, then Team Rocket happened away. And then Misty's teaching Jigglypuff how to sing, and something amazing happens. Ash compliments Misty, and Misty didn't respond with a snarky comment. Even though she didn't really deserve the compliment at all, because she's not really a great voice teacher. Ash was really nice to Misty, first of all. So he would have said something. He would have been like, oh, you call that singing. Or then Misty would have responded with something just as snarky in return. So like, yay, the writers seem to have let them both be genuinely nice to each other for a moment. I don't think it's that big a deal. I thought it was nice because normally they they insult each other. Well, they'll continue to insult each other in future. Because one thing we know is that Pokemon doesn't believe in character development. This was just a lucky episode. So Pikachu starts singing and it's really cute. And then Jigglypuff out of nowhere, just roundhouse kicks him. Jigglypuff gets really jealous of Pikachu. Mm, because Pikachu's singing and Jigglypuff can't, which is unfortunate. Jigglypuff's just really grouchy, and it's so adorable. Misty decides to inflate a balloon and then gets Jigglypuff to do it, because it'll help increase its lung capacity. But then it goes wrong, and the air gets pushed into Jigglypuff, and Jigglypuff flies around like a balloon, which is kind of funny. Jigglypuff's just great. That's all I have to add. Then Brock comes up with an idea and just goes wandering for about five minutes and finds this fruit that can heal a throat. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the forest of plot convenience. Mm -hmm. There's people angry. They need to sleep. This Pokemon can make people sleep, but it can't sing. This fruit makes people who can't sing, sing. But it doesn't look like a fruit. It looks like a green pepper. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, Jigglypuff has a single bite and then can sing. And then it sings its song. Sings its song and puts everybody to sleep. Immediately goes to Ash's bag and grabs a pen and draws on them all. Which means this wild Jigglypuff has seen pens before and knows how pens work. Has gone, I need a pen. Maybe there's one in this backpack. Grabs the pen and draws on people's faces. Why would a wild Pokemon know about pens and how backpacks work? Because it's really peeved off. How would you like it if I fell asleep while you were talking? be fine i'd fall asleep as well if i'm honest well you'd probably be a bit annoyed at me as well i wouldn't then collapse into a fifth dimension grab a Lufnart missile and fire it into the fifth stratometer and whatever because i've never seen these things before and i wouldn't know how they work i have no concept of them but somehow jigglypuff i don't know stevie i'm so very tired and i don't know what i just said oh that's a pretty good attempt at a metaphor it's just, i don't get why Jigglypuff knows what pens are and how they work, or that they'll be them in backpacks. So yeah, puts everyone to sleep. And also Team Rocket, who were trying to record Jigglypuff. Because it's their scheme to put everyone in Neon Town to sleep and rob them. Ash and co. decide that they need to get all the Pokemon out to hear Jigglypuff sing, because Jigglypuff gets really annoyed when things fall asleep when it sings. 
But all the Pokemon fall asleep and Misty decides to use Psyduck because Psyduck's too dumb to know what's happening. Jigglypuff sings and it seems like Psyduck's awake, but but it's asleep with its eyes open. And it's really funny because it's just like non-responsive and just falls over. I thought it was kind of funny. Psyduck's usually amusing. I think the joke's beginning to wear thin, though. Maybe. Well, anyway, they decide that maybe there'll be someone in the nearby city full of angry people who need to sleep who can listen to it and not fall asleep. So they leave for the city and they've turned into Team Rocket because this is exactly what Team Rocket wanted to do. Well, Ash and Co. don't intend to rob everyone. Okay, no, they don't. But They're hoping that everyone will stay awake. So they leave and they need to find an outdoor stage. So they're asking around if there's anybody who has an outdoor stage, like a collapsible stage. Team Rocket end up with them and some weird costumes and they have weird fake british accents but i do like the disguises it's that weird fake like in between australian and a british accent and it's weird doesn't make any sense it seems to me just like the normal voice is slightly different so as to make them not identical to jesse and james but yeah i, I know what you mean i do like the costumes they look pretty swish it's a pretty good disguise so then this is where the episode takes a really dark turn now bear with me for a second i'm not being crazy but Diglipuff on a sound system puts everyone to sleep it could be weaponized like imagine all the places at the moment where there are doctors doing open heart surgery they're now asleep ash and co don't care i mean there could be like fires that people are trying to put out now the firefighters are asleep fire's gonna burn ash being all like yeah let's give this jigglypuff its confidence and let it sing in front of people has probably caused some at least one person to die in this city what if there are people cleaning windows and they're like leaning against the rails and fall asleep and off they plunge the people driving cars or train systems as they go past they can hear it now a multi-car pileup in the middle of the road officer jenny could be riding her bike here's the jigglypuff song falls asleep at the bike flies off the bike as it hits something gone people will die jigglypuff could be weaponized and all because ash is like yeah let's be friends let's make some pokemon friends and let's get its confidence back once again this is like the tentacruel city that got destroyed and stuff they're like yeah we don't care what's actually happening and have serious connotations to it we'll just do this and make everybody fall asleep do you understand what i mean though yes there's just nothing to really expand on it with just like huh yeah so it's quite serious like a jigglypuff could put people just like even like put people into comas for like 30 years so jigglypuff is terrifying to me team rocket was basically planning on weaponizing jigglypuff they just were too incompetent to do it actually have you noticed in this episode one of the only episodes where team rocket hasn't blasted off in fact they left the episode feeling much better than they did at the start because they had a good night's rest yeah this episode's all about getting your sleep Mm. but jigglypuff's upset because everybody falls asleep, goes and grabs a pen and draws on so many people's faces and then leaves. And then Ash and Co. leave. Like, they just give up. They're like, oh, there's a Jigglypuff who can't sing. Let's try and help it. Oh, it's gone. I'm just going to go. They leave the stage where it is. They leave everything where it is. All these people who, like, are just passed out in the streets. They're like, we're just going to go and do the next thing now. Well, all the people in the street just wake up and start being nice to each other. This is just what ash and co do they get involved in something that's really none of their business and then just leave but they just basically drop this halfway through they're just like oh jigglypuff's gone yeah they don't really search for jigglypuff and it's just so weird but of course jigglypuff hasn't disappeared it's following them or it well it was it, it, it walked to where they were with a pen with a lid off very irresponsible jigglypuff if you understand how pens work you could stab someone with that pen yeah but it'll dry up and then what i don't know they'll have pen on them it's a pen it's not that dangerous it's a marker pen <gasps> permanent marker except it's not because everyone could just wipe it off cool any more notes that's as close as i can get for some reason my throat's just like <sighs> that's still impressive though that's still quite impressive <laughs> oh my god that was adorable Puff. oh god uh what was your favorite thing <laughs> oh my god what happened i turned into a monster just like it's jaw and hinges and there's like five rows of teeth uh i really have to strain my voice to get that and i think i'm probably about to get a sore throat my favorite thing was team rocket's disguises and accents yeah that's definitely my second favorite thing (laughs) it was cool and the accent was vaguely british 
could also be Australian, like bad Australian as well. It's really good because they were still recognisable as Jesse and James, but they looked significantly different at the same time. It was really good. I like those disguises, just like rock stars. And Jigglypuff, of course, is my favourite thing because it's just adorable. And it gets angry when people ignore it. It gets so mad and inflates itself. Yeah. And also when Misty tries to train it up, it's just like, no, this is a bad idea. Overall thoughts? Filler, but it's definitely memorable filler. Like, I remembered quite a lot of it from when I must have watched it when I was a lot younger. This must be one of those episodes that I've seen before, or has been spoken about a lot, because it's just really unique, because it has a song. Yeah, it was okay. It just... It was weird. At the, it had a clunky start because they were in a desert for like three seconds and then they were in a city for like a minute and then they were in a forest. And then it ended weirdly like they fell asleep and they woke up and then just they left to go and do the next thing. Yeah, Misty was just like, oh, I wish I'd caught that Jigglypuff. Why don't you look for it then? You have time. You have no obligations whatsoever. Oh, well. And the episode just ends for no reason. Just done. I don't really know if I want Jigglypuff to turn up next episode or not. It might do, it might not. I'd probably enjoy it, but I don't know. It feels too easy. Just, like, keep putting in the adorable pink blob, and that'll entertain the little children. Now it's time for the fastest Monoway Mono, where we talk about the similarities and the differences in these episodes. So let's start with our monsters of the week. Mine is Jigglypuff because Jigglypuff is the best. It's really adorable. It sings the song. I like the song. Not that fast. Mine's Puppetmon because it's super strong, but it also decides to not fight the kids. It decides to mess with them and, and toy with them. And it's also sad because it's got no friends. He's really childish. And small. He's the same size as TK, pretty much. Smaller than Matt. I'm pretty sure it's uh, when they're stood next to each other. Yeah, he's the same height as TK, pretty much. <laughs> By extension, he's shorter than the majority of the Digidestined. Which episode do you think had the best storyline? Dip, dip, dip. Digimon? Yeah, because Pokemon was filler. Yes, very much so. Nothing happened in Pokemon of any importance. Just a couple of Jigglypuffs and sleeping and drawing on faces. It wasn't really that complicated either. It's a very simple filler plot, as usual. There's nothing really that interesting. Any similarities? Similarities? I couldn't come up with anything. I've got indirect attacks, like Jigglypuff sings, and Puppetmon uses its teleportation and stuff. So they're like, they're things they can do that aren't attacks. And also that the episode ends abruptly. Digimon just ends with, oh, Matt's not there. What happened to Matt? And Pokemon's just, the gang gave up and went somewhere else and jigglypuff is following them any differences a significant difference that i've noticed is that tk is in mortal danger whereas everyone in pokemon might fall asleep and have his pokemon draw on the face which would be a mild annoyance also the goal of the episode the main objective in pokemon was to help the little pink ball be able to sing again. Aww. And the objective in Digimon was to save TK from the puppet that wants to kill him and every one of them. The stakes are an awful lot higher in Digimon than they are in Pokemon. Just all the time. Because Pokemon's just so light-hearted and not serious at all. To be fair though, this is the second of the, the final bosses of the four. So they're just about a quarter of the way through the last leg. And meanwhile, Ash is just wandering around. For no reason. Well, that's what they've done the entire season. He hasn't had a badge in so long. Brock, Misty, Serge, Sabrina, Erica, and Koga. So yeah, that is sick. And it was the Ninja Pokey Showdown, which is 10 episodes ago now. That's a long time. Let's see what's happened. Since then, he's won a marathon on a ponytail, helped a kid be reunited with the worst parents ever, crossed a bridge, helped someone's ditto become a functioning ditto. Almost abandoned Pikachu. Helped a kid not evolve his Eevee. Woken up a Snorlax. Got involved in a gang war. He's helped a magician who messed up and almost killed everyone in a town. And he's helped someone evolve a Paris. And now he's helped a small pink blob. He's just done a lot of helping other people for no real reason. Or just simple things like crossing a bridge. Or abandoning his closest Pokemon. That's almost a fifth of... Ad Digimon Adventure, he spent doing nothing, like progressing no further. Yeah, in the last 10 episodes, the only real progress he's made is evolving Charmander. Woo. I can't think of anything else that he's done, looking at these episode titles. And he only evolved Charmander like two episodes ago. It's insane how little actually happens in Pokemon. Philemon, gotta fill them all. Nothing matters in Pokemon. In Digimon, the world is at stake. And in Pokemon, Ash is titting around. It 
doesn't matter. Yeah, nothing matters. It is pretty much entirely a waste of time for them to do anything. Almost all of Pokemon is filler. I mean, you could call it all filler because the main objective is barely of any importance at all to anyone except Ash. At least in Digimon, I actually care a bit about whether the kids succeed. I couldn't care less if Ash wins or loses because he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve whatever happens to him because he's done nothing. So which one did you enjoy the most? I have to say Digimon has to be better because really without the nostalgia, Pokemon would just be insanely boring. Yeah, I prefer Digimon because I, I like seeing TK get his own episode. TK episodes are good episodes. Filler episodes of Pokemon are usually fun, but really, really bland and simple. And usually, unless you really absolutely adore the Pokemon, you're not going to think it's anything special. I mean, I like Jigglypuff, but not enough to say that this episode is better than Digimon's was. Cool, moving on. 22-21 to Pokemon. That is the score now. Join us again next time, where we will be watching episode 44. Attack of the Prehistoric Pokemon and Trash Day. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher, where we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the wall thread and email, which are all linked in the show notes. And you can support me on my Patreon if you'd like to do that. I have added some new rewards, which you might be interested in. I made a couple of them a little bit cheaper. And thank you for listening. Does Sam get really tired? Can I go to bed now? I will sing you to sleep with Jigglypuff's song. <laughs> To be fair, I've been awake for like an hour and ten minutes more than I normally would. Bye! Bye! This is completely devoid of anything right now. This is out of nowhere and it's... I just had like three thoughts at once and this is the the end result and it's it's not nothing important but I'm really upset. My brain went from the Pokéx to the Apple Watch. The Apple Watch to the fact that in Birmingham today I saw that there's they've got like an old bank and it used to be a Waterstones and I haven't been to Birmingham in a while and they've actually gutted the like it's an old bank with like an underground it's one of the ones that have like a, like the the underground cellar where they keep all the money. So you walk in and there's like a grand staircase that goes up to a level and down to like the basement. And it's all pretty cool because it's like, it's a grand staircase that splits in two and then spirals up or spirals down. It's very Harry Potter. And it's amazing. But that's what it used to look like. And I walked past it today and they've taken all the stairs out. They've taken, the, they've got rid of the basement. They've filled, not filled it in, but they've covered the floor. Um, They've closed off the top floor and it's an apple store now and it's all like white and minimalist and they have their it's all like panel wood flooring and little tech bars and the 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 apple geniuses in there and i got so angry because i've been to that waterstones ever since i was little and it's upset me that it was all this like really old-fashioned like looking bank with books and books and books everywhere and now it's a tech bar i'm so angry and i hate apples so much i want to punch them in the face in their collective hipster beard air airpods that's the future is airpods i've taken the wire out of your headphones and also kept them the same size because why not i hope you don't lose them because they're 90 pounds to replace what's that you don't want to lose them here have the air strap it's like 25 pounds what does it do you can attach it to your airpods so you don't lose them what's that you already have this technology isn't it called regular headphones well, they won't work because you haven't got a, a headphone jack on your eye on the new Apple phones anymore because we decided to take that away. <sighs> I'm so sorry. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Podcast is sponsored by Microsoft. <sighs> oh, I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. I just seeing a really old bookstore that I used to love be turned into a <sighs> white and wood panel Apple store has really bothered me. Yeah, that sounds sucky. Mm. And then I went off on a rant about Apple because they're so dumb. <laughs> Our phones last about eight hours in charge time. We've left that in. In fact, they run for about four hours now. But we've taken the wires out of your headphones. Also, headphones are now more expensive. So why? And I bet they use the word ergonomic at some point in their presentation. I swear to God, they've used the word ergonomic. We've chosen a more ergonomic design. Really? Well, why don't you instead, instead of making them little buds that hang off your ears, have them hook around your ears or something like that. Don't just leave them hanging in there. 
because you're going to buy them, put them in, turn around, scrape your ear on the, like, I don't know, a doorway or something, or fall on the floor. And there's 90 pounds down the drain because one of them won't work. It's got to be both of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have derailed this podcast. We, we're still in an administration and it's been like 40 minutes. It's fine. It's fine. Good luck editing this shambles. It's fine. I just get to listen to the rant all over again and then go, delete. <laughs> Click. And then you're waiting oh, my for voice this. Is, my voice is dying. My throat's been <laughs> um, a bit off. So I can't we have been it. talking for like almost two hours. I need to get it. <clears throat> yeah. Um let me try. Okay, you can you can you have one go. <laughs> yep. My throat's just not doing it this week. Okay. Um This is sad. This is sad. So Jigglypuff I just have to keep trying. Every time we say Jigglypuff, I'll try again <laughs> until I get it. It's a permanent marker, that's how you make tattoos. You use a permanent marker. That's what I was told when I was younger. Except tattoos for people who it's not a permanent marker because Everyone could just wipe it off the faces. It's just a pen. Okay. It's like a whiteboard pen. Yeah, when I was younger, I was told that tattoos were people who uh, drew on themselves with permanent marker. That's what my teacher told me. And she's a liar, because that exact lesson, I went and drew on myself with a permanent marker that I found. It came off. I drew, oh. all, over, I drew all over my face. I still do not have it on my face. <laughs> Are you sure? To be fair, I'm so glad I didn't have luminous yellow stars on my face now. Because just imagine me, like me, my almost 26-year-old, in a business meeting. Like, I'm like, hello, yeah, my name's Sam, I'm here for the job. Don't mind the stars, I drew them on my face when I was six. My teacher told me it was permanent. I didn't believe her. Now, you know, just stars on my face, as you do. Which episode do you think I... It's ironic that there's a, d- a Pokemon that puts people to sleep, and I need to sleep, but I can't. I know, it's great. You should be going to sleep, and I'm just like, yeah. Uh, 